are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands the conversation, and I often draw on the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my own experience consulting, including the work I do today at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I will get to the program in just a moment, but let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Ed Christmas of Sology Solutions, and we talked about how driverless cars and smart cities will change the way we live and work. And we talked about how the generations in the workplace will need to work even more closely in that new world. Really, really interesting conversation. With us this week is Cece Lyons, who is an up-and-coming author that addresses taboo topics that others dare not embark. She's the author of Alpha Female Unleashed, from the, board, from the boardroom to the bedroom. We'll be talking about what she means by the alpha female, which is the subject of her book, how alpha females can uniquely contribute in the workplace, and how they show up in relationships and communities. Cece joins us today from McKinney, Texas. Cece, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. As I mentioned to you before we got on the air, it just so happened I was having a few conversations with with people about, you know, st- strong women showing up and where, what was happening in the workplace with regard to how things were changing up and such. And so um, I, I think we're going to get some pretty strong interest on, on this episode. So um, stand by for that. It'll be fun. Great. Hang on to your hat, as you like to say, right? Absolutely. Um, Yes. Okay. Well, so to get us started here, um, anybody anybody that knows me and has been listening to the show knows that I, I am a social scientist. I like studying people. I, I am very interested in how society is changing and the way that the gender seem to be reorganizing themselves. You know, when you think about the fact I'm also a university professor here at SMU, more women are going to college than men these days and getting getting degrees. And, you know, the recent news is there there are now programs in place in organizations to assist male counterparts of a woman who's relocating for their job when they get a promotion or it requires a move. It's just fascinating some of the changes. And here you have, you've written a book about alpha females. So let me first start by asking, so, so our, our listeners really get this, what do you mean by alpha females? What's that term mean? So, you know, I sum it up in the book in three words, and they're beauty, power, and soul. And mm. what I mean by that, these are a specific type of women. They're a subset of the female population, a very small and a very rare subset. These are basically what people would consider alpha males in a female form. And so they may not be the prettiest woman in the room, but they have that inner beauty to where they can command the room. And they actually take over the room without wanting to take over. They have that sense of power to where, you know, they are heavily influential people and 
can have that power over the boardroom, uh, over the bedroom in society, and, and are the risk takers, the trailblazers. These are also the women that have uh, the purpose in their soul, which is what makes them different because they're driven by a soulful purpose. And that's the big difference between them and what I call the regular female population, if that makes sense. It does. And you gave me goosebumps when you were talking about that. That is just great. Okay, so my next question then is, you've written a book about this. You're clearly passionate about themselves, about this topic yourself. And you're probably, I'm going to guess, an alpha female yourself. Um, I want to understand where you got the interest in alpha females and enough to be able to actually produce this book. The interest started, so, I, you know, and it's funny, I think I probably missed my calling. My undergrad is actually engineering, <laughs> and I have a business degree from SMU. So, <laughs> okay. Right, which would not, most engineers, of course, don't pay attention to people. It was actually starting to notice people, women, and I started noticing a pattern on certain types of women, whether that were mentees, especially mentors that were older than me, and I started noticing some of the same patterns, the way they moved why all of a sudden you would pick up on this particular type of woman, why she could walk into a ballroom and say certain things, and no other woman could. Why she had um, that certain presence about her, where the other ones didn't. And then kind of took a look at myself and said, okay, what is this factor that I'm seeing the same pattern? And it didn't matter what nationality she was or anything like that. Even the age didn't matter. You just picked up on it. And so having, or having a conversation with a colleague of mine at the time said, you know, yeah, thinking this is, you know, alpha females. And so I said, you know, there has to be something to it. So I put the scientific hat on and said, you know, I want to know more whether it's about me, but more or less about the subject matter and them as a species. And so I went around the country a couple of years ago, literally interviewing men and women on the subject matter from every race, creed, color, religion, age group, social status, you name it. And the feedback was astounding. And those are the stories, including some of my own, that have gone into the book. So it's all real stories. Mm. This is just, you know, as you, as you talk, Cece, I can certainly present several women that come to my mind that I've come across who, who would, I think, fit the alpha female description. Um, and, and to that end, one of the things that you, you talk about in your book, which I think is fascinating, is you, you have, a, I think it's a whole chapter that you, that you talk about how alpha females are born, not made. And that to me means that that's their, that's their innate way of being. That's the way they came. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. So it became one of the top questions I would get all the time, and even one of the top questions that was presented during the course of interviews was the nature over nurture type scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Are they Mm -hmm. really born? Mm -hmm. Are they made this way? And it was very interesting. Um, And interviewing close to, I would say officially, on record, recordings, close to 70, with the unofficial people, close to 100 people. Um, Mm -hmm. It was interesting that people really knew. When they would tell their stories, you would hear those women say, look, I've been this way all my life. I came this way. (laughs) This is how they tried to break me, but I always realized I was different and I didn't understand why versus those what I call augmented that has that same kind of exterior, but they aren't hardwired that way. And they'll tell you and say, you know, I really kind of wasn't this way, but this is what happened in my life, or this is what I've seen that happened to my parents, or my parents pushed me this way. So there's definitely a shift in those that are really born that way. Those that are born are hardwired from the day they arrive to the world to the day they leave the world. 
Do you think that's fascinating? Do you think to that end at all, CC, can uh, can can the environment somewhat shape women so that they head toward being a, an alpha female? And then I'm going to ask another question to follow that up. Do you think that there's any nurturing that can help develop someone into an alpha female? Sure, but I would say be careful. That's what I call the augmented, and there is a difference. And the reason why I say there's a difference is because they're literally not hardwired, which in some ways is, is, a, is a plus side for them because they're a little bit more flexible in their beliefs. The trick is, is that they may be kind of on the cusp. And, I, and in the book, I use the number eight to, to kind of give a reference which I didn't realize at the time that eight actually <laughs> represents everything that an alpha female is, right? Um, but the letter eight, the number eight. And so it goes back to you could be born an eight, that's a true alpha. Or you could be born a six or a seven, right? And something happens where you become more alpha. Or something can happen in a different direction that get you to become more beta. That's the difference. So even though they weren't born that way, uh, there's something that, nurtures them, like I said, either their parents push them or they get in a certain situation that they've taken on kind of that persona. Now, what gets very interesting is is when you get them in high-pressure situations or a real alpha, true-born alpha shows up, that's when you can start to detect the difference between the two because one's going to get a little bit more skittish and more insecure where the true alpha, that's the other thing that separates her out. She's not insecure by nature at all. Uh, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is just thinking about how do alpha females generally relate to non-alpha females? What does that look like? It sounds like they don't shirk. They, they, maybe they even rise further to the occasion. But what's that interaction look like? So alpha females are ones that can, they, I call them kind of chameleons because they can morph, right? And they can adjust to um, being able to work with really just about anyone. <laughs> and so they work well together. And this gets called in the, out in the book of the queen bee, can there be only one, right? Because especially in corporate America, corporate America has always made it such that there's only one woman at the top, right? There can't be a bunch of women. You have to be very careful. And it's even tighter from a minority woman standpoint, right? There can be, there's always that feeling like there can only be only one. When you get in that situation, you will see where, quote, unquote, they're pitting two alphas against each other. But the trick is, if one falters, and when I say one falters, it's the flipping scenario, they become insecure and go into strict self-preservation mode, that's not the true alpha. If you have two true alpha females, you can't pit them against one another. What they will do is go into collusion, and now you have a bigger problem on your hands. <laughs> Say more about that, a bigger problem. What do you mean by that, a bigger problem? So you're talking about, here's, what, here's the belief or from what I found in writing this book of what makes them, people, and I'll say society, a little bit more fearful about them, what makes people real skittish, especially from a guy's standpoint at that. Think about it. If you take an alpha man, right, that can compartmentalize and he's a strategist and he moves and he's calculating, but you take that same scenario and put it on a woman so she has all those same strengths and none of the weaknesses, that's a scary thing. So mm-hmm. now you have these two women together <laughs> that you try to pit against each other and now they go into collusion because there's a mutual respect there. And now it's saying, look, I'm going to honor who you are, but what they'll do is help each other out. And now, because they're always calculating, it's now the people that were trying to pit them against each other, they're going to take them out. They're going to be the bigger power players. That's why I said watch out, because people, I've, I've watched that mistake happen many times before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I want to hear about how how these alpha females generally relate to men as well. And I want to just, you know, speak gen- generically because in the next segment I want to talk about the workplace specifically. But um, I, what, how do men oftentimes relax, react to alpha females? <laughs> so it really depends on the type of man. Here's what's interesting about this, and this has come out a lot in the interviews and in the books. These women they will attract heavily beta men. The beta men, mm-hmm. they will draw men like nobody's business, right? And the reason is is because, again, they have that alphaism about them. So men, in general, right, love that. It's the strength side. And it's the confidence side. You can't shake them. They're accomplished. Majority of the time, they're accomplished. And so they have their own, they do their own thing, and they're not drama-filled as what, quote-unquote, society believes the estrogen sex <laughs> is, right? No drama. So men love that. Now, the trick is that beta male, what he loves, he also comes to disdain because you try to harness that, but you're not going to change her from being who she is. So when they date her, all of a sudden, they don't want her commanding the room. They don't want these other guys chasing after her. And now it becomes a real issue. You know what you're making me think of? Sorry, go ahead, Cece. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, the other side to that is now if you have a true alpha male, that's the one person, I think, that, and I true belief, that can actually will honor her, right? Because he's confident within himself. He's doing his own thing. He knows who she is. And the, 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 the weird part that comes about that is it's almost a, um, uh, you know, unstoppable force meets the immovable object. You got that weird push-pull, definitely sexual tension, because they're competitive. But they're competitive mm-hmm. in a good way. And now it's almost how do you date yourself, And yeah. Now, here's what I'm also well. getting present to that I just now you're really kind of bringing this to my consciousness. I when I talk about how this how society is changing, right? So we see more and more women being the breadwinners of their households. We see more and more men who are opting to stay at home to take care of the kids while their 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 counterpart female um, earns that the money. And and when I think about some of those relationships, Cece, they start to head toward what you're talking about. I don't know if all these women would be alpha females as you describe them, but it seems like, you know, they're starting to to resemble that. So we we start to see a bit of a, you know, traditional role reversal happening in society. Do you see that or what's your take on that? Well, you definitely see where women are definitely making those strides, right? Where women are becoming more in positions of authority in higher positions in the workplace, which is a good thing, right? They they get we're hopefully we're starting to get that just due. But I want to be clear, and this is, again, something I referenced in the book, is that this is a big, um, I guess, misconception on both, on both genders. Just because you have a woman in a position of authority or a woman in a certain executive position does not make her alpha. I got that. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times they're very insecure. And so, mm. um, and they're always looking over their shoulder. So that becomes a very different thing. Now, women in general, and this gets talked about in the book as well, I want women to understand if you're not alpha, it's okay. Be okay with who you are. This book was done because the word, the alpha female, has been so, uh, one, has either been used kind of trendy to say, you know, boss chick or whatever, or it's been shown up in media and stuff so negatively. And people, and they get accosted with some things that they never were. So it's the fake ones that go out there and try to claim it <laughs> that aren't even it. It's giving it a bad name. So it was time to set the record straight. So as you see now in society where you have 
a lot of guys staying at home, which I commend the guys. Again, those are smart guys. Yeah. If you have a beta male that's very confident in who he is, those are the guys that work, will work well with an alpha female because they're not trying to change her. They're okay with who yes. they are. They know who she is, and they work it accordingly. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got that entirely. Now, another thing that I want to talk about really quick here, since this show is one that is, is, is listened to across the globe, we, we have a lot of listeners, of course, in the United States, here in Dallas, in California, on the East Coast, but we also have a fair number of listeners in China, Japan, Malaysia, India. So I'm interested if you have a, a take on if there are certain cultures that seem to produce more alpha females than others. No. It's it's totally. I have not seen anything, and I guess you'd have. We would. I would have to have like a scientist or something to do more with a larger uh, sample of a population than what I had. But in this, when I say every one of them, there was a person here uh, that gets talked about at the very beginning in in the first chapter that this person is from India, and so and you know going against her culture and her grain was a trailblazer. I mean, took the big risk. And so there's no rhyme or reason of any culture or religion, regional difference. That gene that makes them a, a true alpha, somehow it gets mutated, you know, through certain courses of certain generations over time. And I'll be honest with you, there's not many of them in the world. I would say mm-hmm. anywhere from probably 5 to 7%, definitely less than 10% of women are true, what I call definitely born authentic alpha females. Mm, wow. And on that note, goodness gracious, that's that's pretty profound. Let's take our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We are on the air with Cece Lyons, who is an up-and-coming author that, who addresses taboo topics that others dare not embark. She's the author of Alpha Female Unleashed, From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. She joins us today from McKinney, Texas. We've been talking a bit about what is an alpha female, how does she come to be, and how she shows up in the world. After the break, we're going to talk about how she shows up in the workplace. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just Joining us, my guest is Cece Lyons. She is an up-and-coming author who addresses taboo topics that others dare not embark on. She's the author of the book called Alpha Female Unleashed, From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. We've been talking in the first part of the show about really what she means by alpha females and, this, and the research she did to understand them. In this segment, we want to get to how they show up in the workplace. But before we do, we chatted over the break, she and I, a bit about how an alpha female might relate to what some of the more traditional or often known uh, personality types might say. And so I was just wondering if she had a thought about that. So let me just let her, you presence what you want about that, and then I'm going to respond with some ideas. You know, it's funny when you talk to them, especially from a professional standpoint, when they've taken the DISC models or, or, you know, or the personality type tests, they always are the leader, the director, <laughs> the challenger. Mm-hmm. They yeah. fall in these yeah. categories yeah. to the point to where you'll see them, when you ask them those questions, they'll kind of, give you the weird glance, like, again, I already know what I'm going to come out like, (laughs) you know, been there, done that. But that's the main thing that you'll find the pattern with them for sure. Um, And, and again, they are, they're they're born leaders. They really are because of that power status that they have and that internal power status that they have. Uh, What I did find to be even more interesting, though, in doing the research and, and, and having these interviews is amazing at how many times the stories are the same, but they even if the, it even gets down to the same colors, the things that they like, the things that they the cars that they drive, it's all the same. It's all the same, and these guys well, don't even know each other. So it was well, really hear about very that. Like, interesting to see that. What are they? What cars do they drive? What colors do they like? What you'll find most of the time, black. Huh. Most of the time, that's all they will, they will buy. Every now and then, it'll be straight white. But black, black high-end, black sports. Mm-hmm, Every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fascinating. Every time. Well, when, when I was thinking about maybe how uh, an alpha female might correlate to the, some of the personality assessments that I'm aware of, uh, certainly the DISC, very, very high D, which is dominance and decisiveness. For the Enneagram, which has nine types, there's one, call, number eight, called the Challenger that probably may fit her. And then um, certainly you and I know StrengthsFinder well. I mean, command is the least commonly assessed talent strength out there, talent theme out there. And I got to believe that correlates to an alpha female. And now Myers-Briggs, MBTI, um, I just, I think probably just the TJ part of it is probably what would probably correlate. But any thoughts on those assessments or do you know much about those assessments or thought about them in relation to your work? Sure. So, you know, for you get the D, the director, right? The the disciple. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely so. Mm-hmm. All they know mm-hmm. say from the strength finder, and it's funny you say command, rarely, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Number mm. one, and I'll tell you just even from my standpoint, command didn't even show up on my top five. Wow. They're number Surprise. one, strategic. Remember, huh. they're not, and this, is a big, and this is a big piece that I call out in the book, and it's funny because I've gotten more questions along that line because... 
where you see the command, command incites control, right? I got to give you command. I got to control you. These women, the biggest thing about them that sets them apart from everybody else, where most people, and it's good, the augmented alphas like more command or control. These women like power. Very different. Mm, that's fascinating. That is very interesting. So in other words, what I hear from that, CC is instead of commanding the presence and, and commanding over other people, they have a, a presence, like a mystique about them that pulls people to them. Is that Absolutely. fair or no? Okay. Absolutely. They basically are, they harness the control. Mm-hmm. So the big difference between, right, control and power, control is the dominating, uh, you know, uh, restraining, constraining someone. For them, is having the ultimate power over that whole situation, the environment, themselves. So they can influence mm-hmm. slash manipulate those situations, those people. And so this goes back to corporate America, and I used to have this conversation with colleagues all the time that love to flash their egos and think they're alpha and, you know, boast it. And they were very wanting control all the time. I can give you or give you the illusion of giving you control, and you really have no control. I can make you think you do, but in essence, I have all the power. They're power players. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so let's talk about that next then. So you, you've come from corporate America yourself, um, and you've been studying these women. So what are alpha females particularly good at in the workplace? Where do they shine? Everything and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that narrows it right down. Good. Everything, okay. everywhere. That's, again, one of the reasons why people love to hate them. They look perfect, right? Is there anything this woman cannot do? And so, and that becomes the question. They look like, quote, unquote, the superwomen. And so, but they realize it's not about being a superwoman because that's a farce, right? But they are a wonder woman because you're always wondering how do they pull it off? How do they get mm-hmm. this to happen? They got someone to move that no one else can get them to move, right? They'll take the suicide mission and come back like it was nothing. So that's the main thing for them in corporate America now. They are usually and going to shine in, I will say, high-pressure situations and leadership situations. Yeah. I'm not seeing them sitting very well in a true follower kind of role. No. They can give to that role, in other words, and this goes back to <laughs> them being the chameleon. So mm-hmm. to be a good leader, sometimes you have to appear to be a good follower, right? But that's also the power move. So, okay, that's fascinating. You know, in other words, they, even if they are a follower, they only follow for so long, right? But the question yeah. is, are they really following you or only, are they only leading from behind? Because mm-hmm. leading can come in many fashions and forms, right? Right. And so when you say that, what it gets to for me, Cece, is that notion of just using their strategic way of thinking about things to like, okay, I can do this for so long if it gets to me ultimately where I want to be in some short period of time. I mean, I can't imagine them wanting to be in that role for an extended period of time, but to use it strategically to leapfrog to the next place where they can have more power or influence or whatever it is that is important to them, I can see that. Absolutely. They are continuously calculating. So even when they take that role, it's not about just taking that role. They've already calculated the next two to three roles down the line of what that's going to do for them. And I've already mm-hmm. calculated who are the players. And if they don't know who all the players are, they're going to make sure they find out to make sure they position themselves in such a way that they're going to take on either the ne- you know, that next role that they, they're looking for. And so they are consistently calculating. They calculate 
it doesn't, but let's put it this way. It doesn't turn off. Even when mm. they want it to, it doesn't. Guess what? I just recognized that I think I have one of those uh, alpha females in my household. She's my daughter who's 15. She has her strengths. She has strategic as her number one. She -hmm. does have command and she does have deliberative. Isn't Mm -hmm. that interesting? And she definitely has this presence, Cece. She, this girl, she has got a strong presence and she's 15 years old. I'll bet you that's where she's going. That's who she is, I should say. it's interesting that you talk about it at 15 because I started to see it when just taking notice of people. And, again, I love just watching people because it's interesting to me um, of how um, people react in certain situations and what makes them tick. I've seen it on as young as three, four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's certain things that you just can't teach a child at that age. Right, I've seen I it on that. teenagers. Exactly. I've seen it on teenagers because at the end of the day, and your daughter may exhibit the same thing, they're not loud. A lot of people think and a lot of people believe that alpha females are the ones that, you know, I am woman, hear me roar, look at me, you know, that's in a social setting that has to be seen. Actually, it's quite the opposite. They're very low-key, very stealthy. They move like a panther. That does describe her, Cece. She is low-key. She is quiet. And she, I, she is. She's very, very calculating. She, she's very strategic. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that helps me. It also helps me. gives me another level of access to understand her and work with her. So that's great. Thank you for that. Um, you know, you, you talked about alpha females leading. So see, is there a certain way they tend to go about leading? Is there a way you can describe or their style? Or is it just like everybody else, more across the board? No, they pay attention more. So they, again, they're chameleons. They will morph to what they right? Because they're paying attention to people. And if you think about it, the biggest thing between a leader and a boss, right? Bosses command control. Leaders are power players. They're influential. And so right. they get into people's heads. <laughs> they really do. And so they're looking at what makes people tick, but they also get people to believe. So when you look at it through time, you have to ask yourself, why are people willing to follow them? Whether they actually know what they're doing or not, but they'll get people to believe it. <laughs> right. Because they have an innate confidence. Right? They have innate confidence, they have their presence, and they do it in a way that's calming such that people will gravitate toward that. Mm-hmm. My daughter does that. She can, you can ask her a question and she can just come right back to you and tell you an answer. And if I think about it for just a second, I can recognize it's completely not right. But the confidence with which she delivers it is unbelievable. Absolutely. So for me, having, I'll, I'll say this, this is, gets so funny. I used to get this question asked a lot of times on the job, especially with underground, uh, undergrad in engineering, right, even though I do all the business side stuff now. I would have people all the time say, well, you know, you're in a room full of men and all these engineers, and they're going on, and these guys know all these things, and, you know, and you don't seem to be shaken. And I said, well, have you actually listened to them? <laughs> Yeah. They may not know any more than you know. They just say it with a level of confidence that gets you to believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so at the same time, you walk in with that same thing. So the alpha female, which goes in differently than, I will say, you know, uh, an average person. I wouldn't even say male versus female because it's just the average person would walk into a room, even if they didn't do as hot as they want to, even if it kind of the, the presentation kind of bombed, they're going to walk out and say, you, didn't, you know, you liked that, didn't you? Why didn't you? That was great. <laughs> the way even you have to stop and say, you know, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. So that's, well, and, and that's what they do. 
Well, along those lines, I'm interested. Now, let's talk about this from the vantage point of the alpha female, not those that she interacts with. But where does an alpha female encounter difficulty at work? Where does she get frustrated? She gets frustrated when they're trying to constrain her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I talk about it in the book, I, I use a term for it, the lynch the bee campaign. So she knows, and inherently, she's not going out to intimidate anyone. She's not. She's just being who she is. However, that presence does become intimidating for highly insecure people. So if you have a room full of those, you know, that presence can get a little shaky because the first thing is, oh, my God, she's trying to take my job, or, oh, my God, you know, she's trying to show me up here. But it's just her being herself. So the Mm -hmm. quick thing that happens is, right, I'm going to stop this and nip this in the bud. I'm going to try to exonate her movements. So as she sees people trying to exonate her strategy or her agenda or her goals, that becomes a little bit more frustrating. Now, what she will do, being strategic, she's going to be recalculating every single time. Calculate, 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 calculate. And when those come in and try to burn her at the stake, because that's what's been going on for years, both literally and, and, you know, as objectively, it goes on even now. When they burn at the stake, it's two things that happen. If you're going to burn and kill her, you've got to make sure. It's almost like, you know, the old Highlander movie. You've got to chop off her head. You've got to make sure she's dead because if not, she's going to come through the fire. She's a phoenix. She's going to rise from the ashes that much stronger. And, again, that gets more scary. A perfect example of this, a perfect example, love or hate her, Hillary Clinton. Mm. They've been trying to get her for years. Yeah. Yeah. And where she True. is today, this woman had that plan formulated probably when she was about 8 to 10 years old. Bill didn't choose her. She chose Bill. She knew what she was going to make him into because it was always on her agenda where she was going to go. I can totally see that. Absolutely. Well, now, so when you think about that, that's, and look, you know, certainly Hillary Clinton, whatever, whoever, wherever you are, I happen to be a supporter of her. Um, think about what's, if you really target that, if you really unleash something like that, that kind of power, I want to understand or help organizations understand how they can elicit the best contribution of alpha females. What can they do to make sure she can give her best? One is respecting who she is and what she's bringing to the table. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. And paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not about making it uh, a gender issue. It really isn't. So, in other words, it's that equal status. And not, let me take that back. <laughs> so, I'm going to take that back just a little bit. It's giving her the equal status that you would give an alpha man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where and how can is. they do that, Cece? That's who she is. So, yeah, even trying really to equate her with what I would call a beta man is disrespectful to her. Because you know she's better. Yeah, than oh. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So don't ever yeah, put yeah. her back. And so that's where that goes. But in corporate America, they are your top players. And here's the interesting thing. This is what makes them even scarier. And this goes back, and again, I talk about this at the book about people with power and how some of this, she can get in her own way with her own ego sometimes, right? But when you think about men and men of power, they're calculating very little drama, no drama. You know, they don't do that. Um, they have a calmness about it. They, they move, maneuver. But men always inherently will always, their weakness side, will think a little bit with their genitalia, right? Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. number one thing. She has all those same traits. She's calculating. 
She can compartmentalize because she has emotions, but she's not emotional. She's strategic. The trick to her is she still has the femininity side of it to have the woman's sixth sense and to understand Mm -hmm. her sexuality where she knows how to use her genitalia if she has to, but she doesn't get led with it. Mm, That's a very interesting way to distinguish it, yes. Absolutely, and that's one because now it's harder to poke at a weakness. Boy, talk about, you know, the, the, the silent secret weapon in an organization seems to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what about industries, Cece? Is there, are there certain industries that seem to attract more alpha females, or alpha females just feel more at home in them? No, most of the time, they will be in predominantly male-heavily uh, dominated fields. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Yes, Absolutely. yes, yes. So your lawyers, your doctors, high-tech, uh, again, you know, engineers, most of the time, that's where they will play. And the reason why is because they won't gravitate toward a female-dominated field. And I, and I just hate to say it, women, you know, sometimes we're our own worst enemy, that it's too much drama. They don't do the drama. They don't do it now. Men have yeah. their own drama, don't get me wrong, but they do it differently. And that's where they gravitate towards more. Again, they're not emotional. They don't deal with the emotions at all. So they compartmentalize, look, I got this, that, this is where I compartmentalize that, deal with that later. So even though they have emotions, they're just not emotional. I I get the distinction. We we work a lot as as management consultants around emotional intelligence. Absolutely. So... I certainly see that if, if, if an alpha female has the ability to have access to her emotions and knows when to call upon them and when to express them, that certainly is quite intelligent. Absolutely. And that's the thing, keep in mind, and again, I'm, I'm kind of bringing this back to, to a Hillary in a little bit, just because, she, you know, just this recent being in the limelight, is the first thing people will say is, she's cold, unfeeling. No, mm. that's not true. The difference is, is that society has always said a woman should be, or it's feminine to be, emotional. And this is not, well, she's not that. It doesn't mean she's cold, it just means that's just not who she is. She's on to the next mm-hmm. thing. But again, you take that and put that on a guy, and everybody says, oh, that's normal. That's okay. He's a guy. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> There's no difference, right? <laughs> or there shouldn't be, anyway. There um, shouldn't be a difference. And with them, there isn't a difference. Again, this is something that was very interesting to me because somewhere along the line, society has adopted, and it's a farce, and it's been a bad farce. Because I started going back through and looking, and I'm saying, you know what? There's no biblical reference here of what a woman should be crying, and, or a woman, this is what detects a woman's femininity, right? Th- that has nothing to do with it. So somewhere along the line, society has kind of, through the ages, has kind of said, okay, here's what a woman is and here's what she isn't. If you're not June Cleaver, then you're not feminine. Well, she's definitely not June Cleaver. Because most of the time they wait to marry, if they ever get married. They wait to have a kid. Right. So maybe one. Right. And that's it. Yeah, right. I got that. I got that. Hold that thought. It's time for us to take a short little break, Cece. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We're on air with Cece Lyons, who is an up-and-coming author who addresses taboo topics that others dare not embark upon. She is the author of Alpha Female Unleashed, From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. I encourage you to pick up a copy of her book. It's, it's quite compelling. She writes in a very direct way that really calls it like it is. I think there's some awfully great insights in the book. She joins us today from McKinney, Texas. After the break, we're going to talk more about alpha females in relationship and community. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Cece Lyons. She is an up-and-coming author who addresses taboo topics that others dare not approach. She's the author of the book called Alpha Female Unleashed, From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. One thing that we were talking about, listeners, while while Cece and I were on break were, was just we'd love to invite your conversation around this topic of, of alpha females. Are you an alpha female? What makes what makes you convinced that you are? Do you know one? What's it like to, to be around one? We really want you to, to join us. And so it, you'll notice that there'll be some conversations here. But you can find I'm Elise Cortez on Twitter. Um, I, I think you're CC Lions 5, right, CC? Correct. On Twitter? Okay. So find us on Facebook and, and just let us know what you're getting from this conversation and, and what it's like to interact or be an alpha female. We want, we want, to, we want to open the conversation and, and create um, some conversation around this. So invite your comments. So for this next last segment here, Cece, I, I want to take us from the workplace where we were in the last segment and really make it uh, put it on more of a personal level here. So relationships and community. Uh, so first, what's it like to date an alpha female? What's it like for someone to date her? I would say most people would probably say it's high maintenance. It's high and low maintenance <laughs> at the same time. And when okay. I say high maintenance is they have to understand from, a, from the guy's perspective, um, she's not going to chase you around. 
She's not. Her roster's busy. And so, you know, if it's a guy that needs that nurturing and always worried about, you know, some person being under them, you know, 24-7, that's not these women. And so to even start the conversation, to even approach them in a social setting, to even ask them out or to offer them a drink at a social setting is you can't come, you can't come at her like you would uh, with the one-liners, the regular one-liners. That's going to get you x You need to pay attention to her because it's about her. <laughs> mm. it's about well, her. what can okay? Let's. I, I I have to press this for whoever she's related, whoever she's attached to. What about the other person? What are they getting for by being with her? So they're getting um, what I would say a go getter, a supporter. She's not a nurturer. She'll nurture in a different way. Um, you're getting a businesswoman. You're getting a. I will say a very passionate, very extreme sexual partner because they have high libidos, just as high as a man, if not higher. So you're getting that side, and you've got to keep up with her on that side as well. Um, but what they're getting is the top-notch A-game woman. That's what they're getting. So not for the faint of heart, for sure. Definitely not for the faint of heart. You know, she, this is the woman, like I said, most of these women are very accomplished, so they're on planes, you know. They are, their schedules are busy, they're tight, but, you know, when they're together, they're together. They love the best. Their only standard is a standard of excellence, so which means that person has to want that kind of excellence as well. You know, they get treated like royalty a lot of times. They may go into a restaurant and they get this VIP status without really being a VIP, so to speak, you know. And people are saying, well, why do they get treated so well? Most times they may know some of the people, but a lot of times it's the presence that they bring. It's the presence that mm-hmm. they bring. They'll automatically get that kind of service. Mm-hmm. It, what, you're, what you're presencing for me, CC, is really to be with an alpha female means you're going to live a pretty full life. You're, you're, you're gonna, you're, it's the extraordinary life. It's not for the, the, the common unremarkable existence for sure. Absolutely. And here's where it becomes a little bit interesting. These women, just like the men's side, right, they know their, I'll say they know their power. So when it comes to dating, she can keep more than one guy on a roster. So if a guy thinks that he's her only option, think again. He's not. (laughs) So when it comes to being very careful Monogamy sometimes becomes a real big issue for them, to be honest with you, because mm. they know they have options. And so, you know, it's, I think it's more work for the, for the man to make sure that if he wants to make her exclusive, and that gets talked about in the book as well, because when you start going down that route, alpha females, just alphas in general, the alpha personality and alpha makeup demands loyalty. The first time you break that loyalty, you're done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about motherhood, CC? Alpha females, how do they approach motherhood when they do? You know, the one is if they do. A lot yeah, of them don't. Yeah, okay. A lot of them don't. But even if, but on the chance of if they do, most of the time you find one, possibly two, but most of the time it's one, right? Because they, they know inherently that that takes a lot of time, right, out of their day. Now, they're not the June Cleaver mothers. They may have a kid, and that kid, they're going to have an au pair, right? Because why? Their life still goes on. They still have a career. That means that kid's on a flight with them. <laughs> Come on, we're getting ready to go, right? So their life doesn't necessarily slow down or changes 
because they have a child. And again, this kind of makes them appear to be cold, but it's not being cold. It's just who they are. It doesn't mean they love the child any less, but there's a certain expectation there, um, which is why so many of them even wait late to have kids and marry uh, if they decide to do it at all, because a lot of them choose not to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can, I can immediately see that for sure. Which is a big okay. thing from society. Because the first thing society says, especially for a woman at a certain age, if you don't have kids and you're not married, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember distinctly, I don't know that I would class myself as an alpha female, uh, maybe a wannabe, but uh, <laughs> I didn't get married until I was 35, and, and, and then I wasn't sure I wanted to have children. And I remember when I was living in Brazil uh, much earlier, they were like, oh my gosh, what if all women thought the way that you did? I did ultimately have one child because my, my then husband wanted to have children, but I, I can appreciate very much what you're saying. Yes. Absolutely. One of the people I interviewed, it's so funny, loved, loved this person to death. This person got married at the age of 60 for the first time. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And at, the, and at this point in their lives, it's kind of this point of, I've done all I needed to do. I've created successes, right? Okay, now I'm good with that. <laughs> Now, now I can do that because now that's, it's just not always on the front burner for them. It doesn't mean that they don't like relationships. It doesn't mean they don't want the companionship. That's not something they dwell on it. So when they look at men, whereas I will say again, most women are accosted with, they look at men and say, oh, automatically, is he marriage material? She's looking at it like, okay, we're good for the here and now. This is great. We're having fun, right? Let's jet set. Let's go here. Let's go there. You know, again, I don't need to get too emotionally tied up, Right. It sounds that, very strategic to me. Absolutely. Absolutely, because they realize that it does take a wee. Now, if that guy, I'll say this, a true alpha male, is the one, and this became a big question with men, especially minority men, was the number one question was, can they be submissive? If submissive means bowing, which usually it shouldn't mean that, I tell them, forget it. Submissive usually means more of allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Yes, they can. And the one they'll do it with, the one they'll give on a little bit, is that true alpha male because they know he can mm-hmm. handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show already, Cece. I want to get two more things out of you real quick for sure. How does an alpha female show up in the community? Does she, is she a community service person? Does she like to lead in community circles? What does she do? Oh, absolutely. She's the person that's probably going to be president of either the, the you know, if she has a kid, she's probably president of the PTA. Or she, you know, or she's, or she's definitely president of one of the organizations that services the community. So these women make their presence known, um, both corporate and, and socially, right? She may be the head of a nonprofit, or she may sit and be a big advisor for the nonprofit. So they do show up for the community. They're the trailblazers. Um, they're not always rah-rah women's lib, but, but they do fight for the justice of women, right? Um, yep. But, again, they're the game changers. They're the ones a lot of times that you'll find out be the trailblazers that uh, will either help set new laws, set new precedents, or be a driving force in changing it because they are the unconventional to societal norms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes me, makes me think they're an eight for the Enneagram, the challenger. I can see that. And if okay. you notice, that's the number I use as the authentic alpha female in the book. I did notice that. I thought that was quite interesting. Absolutely. Quite interesting. Well, you've written this gorgeous book, Cece. What, what do you hope men and women will get from the book? From the women's side of it, um, one, you know, I wrote it for such that parents, 
would be able to recognize, hey, if I have, I thought I brought home this little girl, sugar and spice and everything nice. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> be okay with it. Don't shun it. Don't discourage it, right? She is who she is. Don't be freaked out by it. For the women and the young ones that's coming into their own, understanding this is who you are and here's kind of how you handle some things as you're going through life. For the women that aren't, it's saying it's okay because women inherently are strength. You have babies, right? You're strong anyway. But it doesn't mean you have to be alpha, but be okay with who you are. For the men's side, is understanding how to embrace them and how to respect them and how you, uh, again, date them and be in relationships with them and honor them even in corporate mm-hmm. America. So all that's there. And the bigger part for, all, for everyone, for the masses, is there, the ending chapter ends with them and dispelling the dark side, the stuff that people don't see. Because their mm. successes are 10x, 100x, they're running at 100x. But when they crash and they have the lows, their lows are big as well, and people don't see that. So they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. But they are excellent. Mm-hmm. Got that. Okay, coming to the end here, Cece, I always like to give my guests the last word here. So in, in about a minute or less, um, since this show is all about helping the listeners more meaningfully and productively connect with their work, and we're talking about alpha females, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would like for them to say, even if you aren't quote-unquote alpha female, read the book and you find yourself having some of these qualities, it's okay to unleash that alpha within, which may be the next book, by the way. But it's okay to use those qualities, both having a seat at the table, managing it to be able to lead and influence your situation, and don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of what other people are going to think because those are the things that's going to hold you back, and that's what distinguishes her from the rest, which is why she gets to the point that she gets to because she really doesn't care. She's going to do what she needs to do regardless. So be okay with that and own, mm. own your power. Mm-hmm. That is a great way to finish the show, CC. And, and our listeners know that if they've heard any shows at all, that I'm all about empowering people to be their best, to live on passion, work, work with purpose, work on purpose, and, and really show up and be, bring who they are. So that is a, a great way to finish the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And listeners, if you want to learn more about Cece Lyons or her book, Alpha Female Unleashed, From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, and she gave you some sort of interesting some tips in there about the dark side that you might want to also check out, go to her website. It's cclyons.com. Let me spell that for you. C-C-L-Y-O-N-S.com. Next week, we'll be on the air with Dr. Bob Nelson, who is an expert in the field of management and motivation. We'll be talking about how to bring purpose alive among your employees and ways to recognize them to motivate and fulfill them see you then remember that work is at least one third of our life so let's work on purpose we hope you've enjoyed this week's program be sure to tune in to working on purpose featuring your host elise cortez every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel this week find your life's purpose at work.